0: Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation
1: podcast.
0: Welcome to another episode of Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. I'm Andrew Davidson, Chief Insights Officer for Media, based in New York, and today we are talking about Prime Day 2021. As this podcast airs, we will be in the middle of the annual two-day sales extravaganza and with growth in online shopping during the pandemic and pent-up demand as we emerge from it, this could be the biggest one yet, or maybe not. Maybe we are all shopped out at Amazon and ready to spend our money elsewhere. Well, joining me to discuss what brands and advertisers need to know about Prime Day this year, I have our top retail and marketing experts, Diana Smith and Learen Emke in Chicago and Nick Carroll in London. Welcome to the pod. Hi. Morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hi. All right. So let's do quick intros.
1: Hi, I'm Diana Smith, and I'm the Associate Director of Retail and e commerce. And I have been with Mintel coming up on seven years. So I've been following Amazon throughout this time and have written a couple of reports on Amazon. So I'm very excited to join the conversation today.
0: Excellent. Welcome.
1: Hi, I'm
2: Leah and I'm GM Manager on Compro Media Omni. So, I specialize in omni-channel marketing, and I've been at Mintel for about three and a half years now. And you know, since during my tenure at Mintel, so you know, during this time, I've been you know reporting on Amazon Prime Day and the strategies behind you know the marketing and their promotion. So, it's been very interesting seeing the evolution of Prime Day since my start here.
3: And I'm uh, Nick Harrell. So I'm the Associate Director of Grocery and e-commerce research here in London. Um, and like Diana, I've written a few reports on Amazon, and I'm excited to see what Prime Day 2021 has in store.
0: Excellent. So, we, we have the right roster of guests to talk about this topic. All right. So, let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the story of Prime Day. Um, how did all this begin? And what has Prime Day become for Amazon?
1: Well, I can take that one and provide a little bit of a, a brief history. So, Prime Day actually began in 2015, and it was really in part to celebrate Amazon's 20th anniversary. So, this will be its seventh year. And when it initially started, The only goal was to offer a volume of deals that was greater than Black Friday, exclusively for Prime members. And it, it really did just that. So back in 2015, customers did buy more products than they did during Black Friday in 2014. So, it accomplished the goal of getting new Prime members. And over the years, it has continued to outperform itself every year. And it has changed the dynamics a little bit of the way that it brings the sale and the event to market. So, it's extended the length of the sale over time. It used to be one day and then it moved to... 30 hours, um, 36 hours. And then now it's, it's been at two days for the last few years. And traditionally it's held in, in mid July. Last year, obviously the timing was delayed and pushed back to October due to COVID 19. And it ended up serving as kind of the unofficial kickoff to last year's winter holiday shopping season. And so this is actually the second time in, a one year period where Prime Day will be happening. So that's a unique nuance about this year's event. And now with it being in June, that's going to be a, another, a new dynamic for. For Amazon, they've never done anything in June, so it'll be interesting to see um, how that performs. But over over the years, the goal to get more Prime members has worked for them. They they currently have one hundred forty seven million or over that number uh, Prime members in the U.S. and two hundred million members globally. So it's a very successful and very influential event, and it motivates consumers to shop and other retailers to get involved too. Diane, mean,
2: it's really interesting hearing. You know, you provide the background in terms of the early days of the Amazon because you know it started as just a sale to sell products. And we've really noticed this evolution to Prime Day becoming, you know, this presentation or this display of what exactly you get with a Prime membership. Because you know, not only have they extended the you know, actual sale period, but you know, throughout the uh, time where they announced the dates. You know they have sales going on in their other shops, like in Whole Foods or you know Amazon Go stores. They've also been you know promoting their different their music and their video uh, capabilities. Um, another very notable thing that they've also done in recent years is uh, have a Prime Day concert where they have very notable artists kind of help celebrate and bring in this Prime Day. So. You know, it's become more than a sale at this point. It's definitely like a PR demonstration of what exactly Prime Day and Amazon is is all about in order to, you know, not only convince people to sign up for Prime just for, you know, the inexpensive products, but just for the experience that a Prime membership has and brings.
0: Sounds like it's evolved tremendously. I want to touch on the timing. You mentioned that... uh, Diana, I mean, obviously, it's now back into its sort of more traditional summer spot. And you said that it's now, uh, but it's one month earlier than usual. So any significance about the timing in terms of implications?
2: Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it was interesting because I got notified a couple weeks ago via my Amazon app that it was June 21st through 22nd. You know, historically, it's always been like the third week of July. So, it's very interesting to see it be earlier this year. I think there are a couple different theories of why that is. Um, you know, it could be Amazon trying to dismantle the competition during this time by having the sale be earlier. Um, I personally think it's because Jeff Bezos is leaving his position on July 5th. So, he wants to make sure that he's a part of this last Prime Day and make sure it goes over well, right? Um, but, you know, the other thing that having, you know, Prime Day earlier brings to Amazon and really help equip them with success is that June is Pride Month. So it also helps Amazon elevate, you know, LGBTQ, uh, you know, merchants and products. Um, and, you know, this time period also comes right after Juneteenth. So it really helps bring in a lot of different voices into Prime Day and really help elevate different demographics for this period and hopefully attract new com- customers during this time.
0: We have a global audience. Would you mind explaining Juneteenth, there?
2: Yeah, of course. So Juneteenth, um, it is on June nineteenth, and it is the you know anniversary of the recognition of when you know all Black persons in the United States knew that they were emancipated from slavery. So there was, you know, about a two-year period where slaves in Texas were unaware, you know, that they were freed. So it marks the day that truly all people in the U.S. were freed from slavery.
3: Um, So I can give some context in terms of the timing in the U.K. And I think all of Laren's points... sit well, and particularly around um, Pride. But I think there are a few aspects that make it a bit of an odd timing for the UK and indeed Europe. And obviously, you know, Amazon across the world takes its lead from what's happening in the US. But so in the UK here, you know, if we had to push this back a week earlier, say to the 14th or if not the 7th of June, that would have caught the start of the Euro 2020 Championship, which is obviously a big football or soccer or whatever else you want to call it uh, tournament uh, across here in Europe, which uh, drives sales, particularly around electricals, which is Amazon's core, still core trading. Um, we also, in the UK, the 21st would have been uh, what has been dubbed by our press Freedom Day. That's when the majority of COVID restrictions was to be removed. Uh, that's been delayed by a month uh, at the time of recording due to the spike in cases. But even then, it would have been a bit of an odd one because that would have been a celebration of online retailing at a point when normality was supposed to resume and those two points would have been potentially a bit fractious and maybe that delay will actually help amazon in that regard but yeah i think i think it had to go back into this slot rather than its sort of q4 slot that it was in last year uh but i think you know the the timing maybe isn't perfect for the uk market or european markets but it's still going to make many sales during this period so i think that'll be all right
0: Yeah, I can't imagine how it must be extremely challenging to try and find the sort of perfect date when, you know, obviously this is not just the US and the UK. There are multiple countries around the the globe that are participating in in Prime Day this year. So, yeah, I can't imagine uh, being able to find that perfect date, but uh, they've gone with it and, you know, we'll see, we'll see. All right, so, you know, one of the big themes is it's really interesting about, you know, how amazon is positioning prime day this year those small businesses were hugely impacted by the pandemic many of course have closed sadly might of course be a different picture when you think about small businesses that sell their products on amazon i think obviously one of the standout messages Coming with this year's Prime Day is this support small campaign, and Amazon's commitment to investing a hundred million dollars to help small businesses. Uh, so, you know, we've seen that one of the things they're doing is they're giving Prime members a ten dollar credit or a ten pound credit if you're in the UK uh, if you spend ten dollars or ten pounds with a small business. So, seems like a very valiant effort of course, given that, you know, Amazon does take a cut of the profits, it controls the search algorithms uh, on its site. So for its own advantage, you know, can it authentically position itself as, you know, being the savior, being a real true partner uh, to small businesses? What do you think?
2: So I think a lot of people, <laughs> you know, a lot of people are going to shop on Amazon no matter what, purely because of the convenience. I think offering you know, a way to also shop small businesses or smaller merchants. It's just making those people who are going to be shopping on Amazon just feel better about their choices anyway. I think people who are truly going to try to shop small are actually going to put in that effort to go beyond Amazon. You know, I think this is a PR move from Amazon, first off. But, you know, I think it's just a way to make their current Prime members and people who are, you know, somewhat interested in shopping small to feel better about their decisions. So I do think at the end of the day, it's going to be beneficial for them. I personally think that to truly make it feel authentic, I think they should develop a separate platform like an Amazon small domain and have all of their merchants on that platform and then send people to that domain. Because if you have a separate platform, that enables that gives more empowerment to the smaller merchants that are on the site and that prevents Amazon from using you know its own search algorithms to kind of boost its own products for the merchants right you know i was thinking about this and i would love to hear everybody's thoughts but i think the solution for Amazon for small businesses here is taking a page out of Etsy's book right Because if you think about what's the difference between what Etsy is doing now and what Amazon is trying to do, right? Because Etsy is also boosting smaller businesses. They're also taking a cut out of these smaller businesses, right? But they're really seen as this platform that really boosts up these smaller merchants, right? I think in order to be more authentic about their support for smaller merchants... Amazon should just create a separate domain and a separate platform, a la Etsy, right, in order to support their smaller businesses on that kind of site.
1: I think that's a great idea. And I think that they have made efforts along those lines to try and support new businesses by helping, offering tools and assistance to set up a business online and create a storefront, for example. But I I do appreciate the overall question, Andrew, because it is a little bit contradictory. You know, the world's largest e-commerce retailer trying to help the little guys. Um, but I think things are changing now because of COVID. I, I, for For instance, a lot of small businesses and even other companies that wanted to remain independent of Amazon have come to realize that they might actually really need Amazon to, in order to survive the pandemic and they needed to, they needed to partner up with them and start to sell on the platform. And Amazon really does need to position itself as having a genuine in, intention and to show that it is using its influence to, to help other businesses because um, it is, is really important to provide that, that influence, that power in a, in a productive way. And I agree with Learen in that it the the brand does need to change its perception. So I do think a lot of this is influenced by by wanting to change perceptions. If you look at our own mentel data, we can see that two-thirds of our consumers think that Amazon drives other companies out of business. So that is a, a popular opinion. So I think they are looking to try to prove that um, they're not the bad guys, and yeah. that they're trying to 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 take their influence that they have and make it um, useful and productive and helpful.
0: Yeah, I mean, these they I guess small businesses don't really have much choice, do they? I mean, but of course, Amazon is known as a a category killer. Of course, it's also had you know, reports of it sort of. Copying successful products and uh, and then sort of developing its own versions of those those products, but they really have no choice, do they?
1: I don't think they have a choice. No. And
3: uh, to be honest, I think if Amazon wasn't in the position it is as the world's largest. <laughs> um, e-commerce business somebody else would be i mean e-commerce was coming e-commerce was driving it's the growth area of retail and if it it wasn't amazon it would have been walmart or jet or you know one of these other platforms so uh, you know amazon does get a lot of stick fairly and unfairly for being in the position it's in i think the two things can be true as well that it does support independent sellers uh, and has created many opportunities for businesses um you know I've got a close friend of mine who left university and started his Amazon business and he now employs twenty people. so you know he has created jobs and earned a living for himself mm. through the platform. Yeah. but it can also be true that if Amazon didn't exist or e-commerce doesn't exist, uh, my friend would have opened a store and that would have boosted the high street. So these two things are in parallel. So I think, and I think, you know, Amazon has to put, and I think it's the right move because of all those issues around PR, you know, I think Diana, you mentioned that You know, in the US, there's that feeling that Amazon's killing physical stores. We have that in the UK. We have that in Europe. I was looking at our Germany data earlier. 60% of Amazon, Germany, uh, German shoppers say that Amazon's contributed to physical stores closing, but 59% of that same group think that it supports independent sellers. And this is the balance Amazon is trying to strike at the moment you know showing both sides of it you know the the job creation and the sort of poster child for globalization so um yes it's driven by commercial venture but that also doesn't mean that it's not significant it's still doing this as it were um you know it doesn't have to highlight these businesses does not have to give consumers 10 pounds off or 10 dollars off to shop with them but it is and i think that's worth talking about
0: yeah no definitely well and it's, you know we talk, you talk about you all talk about the obviously the size and and the growth of that of Amazon you know in the last earnings call um Amazon reported hundred and eight point five billion dollars that's with a b in sales uh, beating out analyst expectations. It wasn't actually the largest quarter, but it was the highest that was actually fourth quarter of last year, but it was the highest first quarter in the company's history. You know, seemingly Amazon is on this sort of nonstop march to permeate every aspect of our lives, you know, from getting into healthcare, from uh, getting into physical grocery stores to entertainment, as, as Leon mentioned earlier, um, you know, since it launched. But you know, will, I guess the question is then, will the sun ever set on the Amazon empire?
1: I'd like to address that. When I have written a couple of the Amazon focus reports, There's a quote from Jeff Bezos that stood out to me and I still remember it. And so this was back in um, November of 2018. He was quoted in the press as saying, Amazon is not too big to fail. In fact, I predict one day Amazon will fail. So that's the current CEO saying that. And he pointed out that lifespans of large companies tend to be 30-plus years, you know, when they're on top oh, yeah. rather than centuries. So, I think it's noteworthy that, you know, Amazon is coming up on its 27th year. So, that's just something to kind of think about. Um, but if we look at where we are right now, um, Amazon is, is just on top. They're dominating. And I've actually tried to um, suss out some signs of attrition in our data when I was doing the research to see if there are any signs of consumers, um, you know, an Amazon wearout factor starting to, to happen. And I couldn't really find any any noteworthy um, data points that would point to that. So we have a couple things where people are saying that Amazon's too powerful and um, I'm tired of hearing about Amazon, but that when it comes down to it, the convenience factor is so big and Amazon means a lot. it offers a lot of value to a lot of people. So they still end up just turning to the brand because of those reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to stay on top for the foreseeable future until like to Nick's point until there's somebody else that offers something better. So right now there isn't. And so they're, they're here to stay for a while. I think their biggest opportunity is really, is to work on improving the corporate social responsibility efforts and perceptions
2: I think, um, you know, I agree with Diana. I think that they're definitely here to stay for the foreseeable future. You know, obviously, not forever. I'm going to push
0: you all on this term foreseeable future. Sorry, carry on.
2: Oh, <laughs> good. Um, so, yeah, no, I definitely agree that they're going to be around for the foreseeable future. They're very good at... You know, like I said earlier, Prime Day is all about a showcase of the Amazon brand and the Prime membership experience. And so it's not, you know, a coincidence that also surrounding Prime Day, we're also seeing, we typically see a lot of ads that are corporate social responsibility based. You know, I was reading Morning Brew the other day, and there was a huge ad in my Morning Brew that touted how. All Amazon workers have a minimum wage of $15, and that they're very supportive of that minimum wage. So it's no coincidence that they have this type of advertising. You know, last year they were all about their support for small businesses before they ramped that up this year. The year before, they were all about, you know, the conditions of their warehouses. So they're very self aware of how the general public is seeing their brand and the criticisms. So they tried to address those criticisms surrounding this huge, you know, time frame. I also think it's really notable, like not only the issues that they're targeting this year, but also the different artists and pop culture references that they're cultivating for this Prime Day. So I would say, you know, while the far majority of adults do have a Prime Day membership, you know, there is still a significant portion of adults just now entering the workforce Just now starting to live on their own, and that's Gen Z's. And so, through what we're seeing with their support of small businesses and their support of the minimum wage, and we're also seeing, you know, Billie Eilish is leading Prime Day concert this year. We're really seeing Amazon work hard to cultivate a relationship with Gen Z to get them on board with Prime Day. So, you know, with this foreseeable future, Prime or Amazon is very good at understanding. Who these new audiences are that they need to target and what type of messaging they need to push through their own media channels in order to you know, be on board and match the values of those they want to target, and also what types of entertainers that they need to side and what types of sponsorships they need to invest in in order to side with these, you know, um, consumers that they want to target. You know, for the long term, I think that eventually we're going to see another brand uh, beat out Amazon in convenience. And someday, you know, uh, Diana, you know, you said that Jeff Bezos um, mentioned that there's a 30 year lifespan. I would challenge anybody on this podcast to, you know, mention a store that has been a powerhouse for the past 100 years, right? And that's been around for so long. And I see, Nick, I think you have
3: an opinion on that one. Well, I, well, I come from a land of many, many businesses that have been about for a number of years. So I think Tesco celebrated its centenary the other week. Sainsbury's, John Lewis, Selfridges—there are many businesses here in the UK that have at least done a hundred years, if not longer. But that's yeah, 30 not thirty years uh, as a startup uh, compared uh, to that. Indeed, yes. But we're, you know, we're old uh, over here. Uh, but yeah, I think. I think thirty years is probably doing Amazon a disservice. I don't don't see imminent collapse, but with any business, there's peaks and troughs. I think Amazon is very much in its growth stage. You know, it's only been five, six years since the business turned a profit. You know, this is this is early days for the business. In even though it's conquered an awful lot, but so there will be there'll be more difficult times ahead. I think diversifying the portfolio, as I think Andrew alluded to, into pharmacy, into other areas, insulator. I think for me, the two biggest challenges for the business uh come from two aspects at the moment is sort of death by a thousand cuts on the marketplace front. So as e-commerce has grown, a lot more businesses are selling online and a lot more uh entrepreneurs are starting online rather than starting in physical. And that means that the growth of platforms of marketplace type platforms, as Laren mentioned earlier, Etsy, provides opportunities to not just sell through Amazon, so through many other different areas. And if Amazon loses a significant portion of that, that's a significant part of its business. I think over 50, nearly 60% of its sales by volume are marketplace sales. So that that would be big. The other is behavior shift in terms of how consumers shop and how they want to shop. Now, online's not going anywhere, but I think we are seeing the start of something in those Gen Z as the 16 to 19-year-olds around conscious consumerism in terms of thrifting, in terms of looking to the past, et cetera, that Amazon as the sort of poster child of that globalization is not necessarily perfectly aligned with. So, you know, again, not to mention Etsy for the third time in five minutes, but uh, last week they bought Depop, which is uh, Italian, but it's based in London, a uh, startup for fashion secondhand. And that speaks to that Gen-, Gen Z audience. You know, it's essentially a social media platform where you can trade clothes. That's exactly the sort of growth area within that younger consumer base that Amazon Amazon doesn't necessarily have a handle in at the moment, so I think those two aspects—changing behavior and much more choice—could chip away. But Amazon has such a commanding lead, it can afford to lose five to ten percent of market share and still be the biggest retailer in the world. So it's not going anywhere now. But
0: yeah, well, I, I find it—it's fascinating because it's very. I think it's difficult to see the trajectory of a business when it's in its ascendancy. You know, if you think of like in the U.S., of course, brands like Sears, you know, I'm sure we wouldn't have seen, you know, years ago, um, the decline in a a brand like that. You know, you've got, you know, obviously you've got all of these challenges coming, you know, whether it's the labor aspect that learon mentioned is the changing, shifting demographics. I mean, one thing I think about is often, you know, one thing that often brings companies down is when they do expand into so many areas and they don't retain their sort of true core uh, expertise, but I, that doesn't seem to be an issue for Amazon. They seem to be expanding into all sorts of um, areas uh, and, and maintaining a successful trajectory.
2: I would like to challenge that statement, Andrew. I think that, You know, they have expanded into many different categories, but I think they have a very stellar PR team that's able to promote when they're successful, but also, you know, able to kind of hush down any sort of voices when something's not successful. I think Amazon definitely has deep pockets to venture into any type of business. And I think that they have tried. But I think that we're only seeing a portion of what has been successful for Amazon.
0: Well, and that's the second time you pointed out the the huge, obviously, PR effort that goes into this, which is a great point. I mean,
2: it's no mistake that we have this perception that Amazon has been very successful in, you know, quote unquote, every field they've gone into, right? And it's no mistake. Like, it's very purposeful that when we hear Amazon try to, you know, disrupt a certain category, that you know, there's buzz on whether or not they're going to ruin that category or they're going to be kind of the monopoly in that field. But the reality is, is that they've tried to disrupt everything, but not everything has been successful. I'd like to point out to, you know, the group that Amazon launched a phone, I believe back in 2016 or so, but like... Good point, Good nobody's point. Nobody's heard of this
1: phone since. Yeah, so they they lead one of their their core... Uh, values, really, or guiding principles, I guess if you will, is to be fearless, and so they do try anything, and that's that 's part of what makes the company successful um, this fearless mentality, but they also are smart enough and savvy enough to they like to say fail fast, so they want to understand quickly if. They're not going to be successful in a certain area or if it's not going to pay out for them and they'll, they'll exit anything that isn't, that they deem to, to not be a future endeavor quickly. So I think that's a lot of companies try to hang on and keep changing iterations of an initiative and Amazon, um, doesn't do that. So that's part of their overall success, I think, is the ability to identify. What's right for them and what's
3: not? Yeah, I think any business shouldn't be afraid to fail. I think throwing good money after bad is the killer of a business. And Amazon gets out of markets quickly. It doesn't have a place to be in or it's not working. And I think that's, I think the day Amazon stops innovating is the day it dies. And mm-hmm. the day it stops failing is the day it dies. And I think Amazon has been, at least uh, from the UK perspective, the absolute leader in terms of not being afraid. To try things and to put money into areas that are growing and bet big. Uh, and I think too many, too much of retail has been too risk averse over the last 20 years. And that's why so many businesses are in danger now because they didn't invest in e commerce or they didn't invest in these core areas. So, yes, it fails a lot, but. I think that's good. <laughs>
0: what it says to me then is sort of to, to sum up to this question, it's, it's almost it's Amazon's culture that really propels it forward. And if that changes, that will perhaps be the indicator that uh, things will change for the business. All right, let's bring it back to Prime Day and I want to talk about challenges. So, so what are competitors doing to challenge Prime Day and does it even make strategic sense to try and go up against Prime Day or should they just sort of get out of the way?
1: Well I can I can jump in on this. So this is always kind of mesmerizing to me. I just find it fascinating that you really get to see Amazon's influence every time they do something because others follow. And again, even though they are building out um an event, sub promotional event and sale in the middle of June, which is not a traditionally heavy retail time period. Um, we do have a couple of important, um, causes in this month for sure, but, uh, we are seeing the other major competitors, um, develop some, uh, a defensive strategy. So Walmart is going to be back offering a, a sale as well. They're reviving their deals for days. Sale that they use during um, the holidays, and their their strategy is really to bookend Prime Day to start it early and and have it extend later. So it's going to be four days. Target is doing something very similar. Target's going to have dark Target Deal Days that will be three days, and they're offering it to all of their uh, all of their merchandise, including food and, and beverages and Best Buy is going to be out there with a a deal savings event as well um running even for a longer time period June 14th through the the 22nd obviously Amazon is is Best Buy's primary competitor so really trying to offer some significant discounts on uh, a variety of electronics and as far as like should they be doing this um I think it goes back to kind of what we asked at the beginning about should Amazon, how can Amazon be authentic and try to help some small businesses? Amazon has to do that. My opinion on the competitors is I think they have to respond. I think it's to their advantage to do so because Amazon creates an influence, causes other people to shop at a time when maybe they wouldn't normally be shopping. And so it's an opportunity to capitalize on on extra people in the market. And so I do think that it's to their benefit to ride the coattails around Amazon. Mm. I am surprised that we haven't seen anything from Walmart yet relative to a new deal or a new benefit or something with their Walmart Plus subscription service. So I'm kind of waiting to see if there's going to be some new news here coming soon um, along those lines.
3: Yeah, I think in terms of the UK, I don't think we see the sort of broad competition that you've just described there, Diana, there's competition in select areas, uh, the likes of Curry's, um, which is UK's biggest electrical specialist, um, has competed, as has AO, which is uh, the online version, um, or online specialist. Um, and they'll compete because, well, I mean, I'm not sure anyone's bought electricals at full price for about 30 years, so they're always discounted. So it's, you know, it's a nice position to be in um, to sort of trade off that audience that's online for Prime Day. And interestingly, they always trade on the idea of their deals are open to everyone. So going the other end of it, these aren't exclusive deals. We we don't discriminate against uh, our customer base, which it's a nice way. But I think I'd maybe go the other way um, and say that you don't need to compete on this day. I think we talked a lot at the start of the podcast in terms of using the independent sellers as the forefront of prime day this year for amazon that's a sort of free hit on the margin front because the the seller for a lot of it assumes a lot of the risk there for a sort of pure retail business that means you're cutting margins on a day that you didn't necessarily plan to so if you are going to compete go earlier You know, jump the gun on Amazon or, you know, have your own day in a couple of months where you can create buzz amongst your customer base. So I don't think, I think in certain categories there's a need to, but I don't think it's necessary for everyone to jump on this new holiday Amazon has created.
2: I think this brings up a really interesting discussion in terms of whether or not companies should compete. Diana, I really liked your point about how brands are really capitalizing on this time and they're forced to capitalize on this just because there is so much buzz. And I think people need to realize that brands probably should capitalize on this. And what we're seeing isn't necessarily what we're seeing from the likes of Walmart and Target isn't necessarily these brands competing with Amazon. Because in order to compete with Amazon during Prime Day... You would have to sell a competing product to what you know Amazon really cares about. And at the end of the day, with Prime Day, Amazon doesn't necessarily care about the volume of products that they sell. Its true KPI and its true measure of success is how many Prime memberships do they sell at the end of the day. So unless these brands are selling a competing product to Prime Day, which is a membership and you know, an entry into you know, a retailer's ecosystem providing you know similar benefits to Prime Day. You really aren't competing with Amazon during its Prime Day. You're really capitalizing on the buzz that Prime Day is creating. Mm,
0: interesting. All right, some, some different perspectives on on, on strategies there. Um, so as we go forward, we think about the future of these Prime Day and these types of events you know how do you think the they will evolve I mean you've already talked earlier and mentioned how different it was from when it started to to what it looks like now how will these, these events evolve in the future
3: I think for me they have to or particularly Prime Day has to evolve in terms of its product offering we've got the I mean it's done it before but this sort of unique element of Putting independent sellers forward first here, but you know, data we have from the UK is that you know um, nearly thirty-one percent of shoppers here say that it's the same products every Prime Day, every Black Friday on Amazon. So th- there is a you know a slight potential boredom or. Reticent, sort of sitting into those deals so I think you have to go bigger I think you can take learnings from singles day and what happens in China um, around the promotion there in terms of exclusive partnerships exclusive products things that are only available for the day um, I think that evolves it that creates buzz that gets some interesting things and not just product but also you know, drop it, you know, Amazon has recently acquired someone like MGM, drop, an, mm-hmm. drop a film on Prime Day, you know, drop an album on Prime Day, drop these types of things. You've got to create a bit more buzz than just discounts, um, which obviously Amazon does very well. So I think that's where I see it evolving in the sort of short to medium term to, you know, keep this hype going and not let it peter out.
1: I think that we have to, we have to consider what is the future of Prime, first of all, you know, and... What's on my mind is that they're already at nearly 150 million members. You know, there's going to be a point of diminishing returns at some point. So, they're going to need to evolve the way that they consider the program. And one of the things that kind of keeps me up at night is that if you think about Prime and and the, and the, the primary benefit of it, which is free delivery, what happens when everybody starts to offer free shipping? I mean, consumers are already wanting that. More and more retailers are offering that. And at some point, it's just going to be table stakes. And so then what's the value of prime? So, I think that's why we're starting to see Amazon diversify into other areas. I think they're very well aware that this is the trajectory and they're trying to get ahead of it and add and diversify. That's going to be able to buoy the business in the future and they're adding more benefits in order to retain members. So, I think the, the membership program itself is going to evolve. There's going to be a big push for health and prescriptions um, grocery, and then probably to a lesser extent, fashion. So we'll start to see some benefits in those areas. Mm. I think something other than free shipping, because at some point that's just going to be a given.
2: Mm. So, I mean, I think the secret of Prime Day in the future, of course, is capitalizing on experiences because, you know, when everybody has free shipping, who's going to provide that experience that makes a membership cool, right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just made Prime Day into a music festival sometime in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they infused Bezos' uh, Blue Origin, you know, uh, company with Prime Day and started selling seats for a discount to Prime members to space flight for the future, right? I think that, you know, they have so many different... Projects going on from an experiential front. You know, Nick, you mentioned, you know, their buyout of MGM. I absolutely see them kind of investing in exclusive movies and exclusive content that comes out surrounding Prime Day. But I definitely think they're setting themselves up to, you know, create this prime experience that differentiates themselves from the competition that's more than just the shipping.
0: Um, all right, so we'll see. Obviously, that, that's all to come. Um, we're, we're almost out of time. Last question for each of you: um, for brands, for advertisers, you know, who aren't Amazon, not they're not small businesses. What one thing should you take away from this year's event?
1: That's a tough one, Andrew. But I, I will say that I think it's important to just pay attention to and watch closely what the competitors do and how the consumer responds, especially during this time frame, because that's going to give some indicators for what we might be able to expect for the second half of the year, especially around very quickly coming up back to school time period and the winter holiday shopping period. So that's kind of the more immediate consideration in the short term. But then also just from a bigger perspective to Pay attention to Amazon's messaging and watch how such a behemoth corporation like this with with some with some some bad rap you know and some PR issues, how they maneuver through that in order to position themselves as a brand that's more emotional and human and genuine because I think others might be able to learn from that.
2: Um, I would say. You know, if your brand cannot necessarily compete with the prices or if you don't have, you know, a similar product like a prime membership, right? At the very least, take a look at what Amazon, what type of messaging they're putting forth in their marketing surrounding Prime Day. Take a look at their corporate social responsibility endeavors because Amazon is successful for a reason because they know what consumers want. And so this messaging that we're seeing right now reflects what current consumers are asking for. So I think if you pay attention to what kind of values they're seeing behind and implement that into your own business, then that better sets you up for success.
3: I would say that... Uh, Prime Day should uh, remind all businesses that the most important person in their business is the customer. I think for a business of Amazon's size to still be doing a very customer facing event in the way that Prime Day is, even if you have to pay for ticket to entry, I think shows that, you know, even when it looks like you've monopolized markets, you still have to serve that customer. You have to know what they want to Laren's point, And you have to provide the services that allow that to do that. And to add on to that, Amazon is also a service provider. Those marketplace sellers are also its customer. So again, this is a day to give back to them by putting them front and center and bringing greater awareness. So yes, always be customer centric in anything you do.
0: Excellent. Well, that's I think that's a great way to end it. Okay, you heard it here. Thank you, Diana, Lierin, and Nick. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. We will catch you on the next episode of Little Conversation. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are, and what we do, head over to Mintel.com and follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts. Bye for now.